0: Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. We are here with Terry Elliott today at VIR. Terry is from Canada. There's a very long drive. How long is that, actually? Uh, all the way from Canada,
1: it's a 12-hour drive.
0: Oh, yeah. well, never mind. You have it easy. Yeah. I drove from Austin, so uh, it was yeah. like 19 hours. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, still, 12 hours is a long way to haul a race car. It is. So um, I've had Terry this weekend through a lot of folks here doing a BMW race event, and um, everyone's been so friendly. Uh, I came here knowing two people, and one of them didn't even make it. And from there, I got to be introduced to a lot of different folks in the paddock, and it's just just awesome because it's kind of like a family out here. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about what you are doing. What is your world right now as it relates to racing?
1: Yeah, so uh, BMW club racing is really what I focus on. Uh, The last few years with COVID made it difficult being a Canadian and trying to be a BMW club racer because the border was closed and you couldn't drive across the border. And last year, the race was actually canceled in Canada. So I went a whole year without racing at all. Um, there are other sanctioning bodies you could get involved in and, and so on, but it, you know, there's a lot to go through with your medicals and testing and all that. So I just decided to pass on that. Um, so it was a little bit of a false start for me really with racing. I came up through doing driver education events mm-hmm. and, you know, progressed up through the solo levels and then became an instructor for both the BMW club and the Porsche club with both of them but i always wanted to try racing and i actually taken the race school more, more for the intent of just honing my driving a little bit and learning more uh and not necessarily to go racing um but then a couple of years later you know the opportunity came up and and i thought i think i can actually do this and so i took the race school again because more than i think two years had transpired and then I did my first race at Mossport, which is my home track. And it's much more comfortable racing on a track, but, you know, that you have a, a lot of time on. So actually, podium did my first weekend, oh. but, but I'm not going to lie. A lot of the fast guys in Big Lots weren't there, so that helped, uh, helped quite a
0: bit. Yeah, but it feels good. So yeah. um, when was that first
1: race for you? Uh, that would have been in, I think, 2019.
0: 2019. It, yeah. What do you think you started all the DE stuff? Uh, Probably
1: about 2008 okay. is when I started doing that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And what car did you have for the DEs? And that, did that change over time? Uh, it,
1: it did. I actually bought a Porsche 911, a street car, a fairly new one. And I, I didn't know anything about performance driving on a racetrack. And at a wedding, I just happened to run into a guy that I went to high school with that I hadn't seen in 30 years and is a nice air-cooled 911. And it's like, so are you going to do any track days? And I'm like, track days will be talking I'm about, there. yeah, you should join the, the Porsche club and, and you should sign up and you should do track events. And uh, so he decided to do that. And uh, it kind of became a bit of a, a family affair uh, too for us. Uh, I have a son who um when he turned 18 we bought him a uh porsche 944 turbo you know paid like nine thousand dollars for it and started working on it and he took the course and so we were doing it together we were doing it was just like a family affair we would camp at the track and he progressed up through I right? i wouldn't admit this if he was here but he's a faster driver (laughs) i've always had more car than him (laughs) that's awful and yeah so he instructs now with the bmw club he'd love to race but he's early in his career and i bankrolled it for quite a while but now if he wants to go racing he's got to do that on his own yeah yeah no
0: no no he'll figure out a way i'm sure exactly exactly um so and so porsches originally then when did you switch over to BMW?
1: Yeah, that was probably around um twenty fifteen mm-hmm. because what what I found is the BMW's sort of dollar for lap time, the equation is much more attractive than driving a Porsche. Uh you know, you money shift one of those cars and it's a twenty five, thirty thousand dollar engine, whereas now while well, uh, an e46 today they used to be three or four thousand probably more like six thousand dollar engines but it's it, you know even if you do have large damage parts are a lot more reasonable and so on uh so that's why i made the move over to the uh to the e46 car um and honestly uh probably the biggest draw why i moved over to bmw is i thought the school itself was much higher quality than the porsche uh, club because they have classroom sessions, very extensive um skid pad work with students uh a lot of training for the instructors i you know it was two years before i actually got uh in the right seat with someone i went through two years of, of training you have to do your time down on the skid pad jumping in a lot of cars Try not to get sick. <laughs> spinning out and stuff, and then doing a lot of mock role playing with the chief instructor and senior instructors uh, to make sure uh, you've got what it takes to sit in the right seat and kind of you have to take control and kind of somewhat drive the car from the right seat. Yeah. You know to keep people controlled um, uh, when they're they're learning. So,
0: so and- then it's really the education part was what. Well, the the I like the way you put that, the price for lap time.
1: Yeah, how the, the equation is yeah. more attractive planning. Affiliate. Yeah. And they're such a well-balanced car. I mean, I'm proud of the fact that I learned to drive a rear-engine car fast on the track. But you get into uh E D 46 and it's so much more balanced car and it's uh, easier to learn the car control and, and so on uh it's just it's it's a really great car the m cars are great
0: yeah and i've heard from several folks too that uh they're just it's almost like they're you know really made for the track and the kind of beating that they go through unlike other cars that you know you can modify them to get on the track but they just don't last like the
1: right yeah because you go back my uh m3 is a 2004 and they were making uh, an engine for that car in 2004 that puts out more than 100 horsepower per liter, which is impressive output for uh, for an engine. Yeah, you know of that that era.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about like the different places you've been. Um, I you know you got your home track, but um, is is there a lot of tracks in Canada, or not? Or not that many. So,
1: there's a few. So, when I was doing DE, I would go to Quebec to do Tromble. Uh There's a track uh, that's maybe four hours for me. Tremblay would probably be seven hours. Then there's Shannonville, which is about four or five hours. There's Calabogie Motorsports Park, which is probably five or six. Uh, really fun, highly technical track. Um, and then there's uh, Mossport. But I would go to Watkins Glen all the time Yeah, because I could get there within, you know, four four hours, five hours, something like that. So I spent a lot of time at Mossport and a lot of time at Watkins Glen.
0: So I've heard a lot of people yeah. say, you know, Wat- Glen, Watkins Glen is a bucket list for them and they haven't been there. But you've had the pleasure of getting there a few
1: times. So. Yeah, I have a, a lot of laps there. So when I race there, I do very well. And when I race at Mossport, I do well. So this weekend at BIR, this is my first time here. Mm-hmm. So now that you know I mentioned COVID before, uh, now that I'm I'm back. So my first year, I did a race at Mossport in 2019 uh, in August. I went to Watkins Glen in October. I did that race. And then COVID hit in 2020. And so I did the Mossport race that year. They still had it. They combined us with Orchard guys. only one race that year um and then 2021 uh you know no race and and so on and that last year i did just a couple of races but my things opened up and and uh so on we got swinging so this year i thought i'm going to do more races um which is fun the downside is that i'm going to do tracks yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a challenge uh uh you know i race in the the cmod group which is very very competitive and it's it's open so you have ace a lot of talent uh if someone chooses to build a very fast you know high horsepower motor the rules allow that so you know the pointy end, end of the wedge so to speak uh, are guys that have built cars they have horsepower and Gotcha. you know they they'll just go I would like to be solidly in that second group
0: <laughs> yeah I guess it's a lot different than the spec classes right is it whole oh, really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, re- it really is but here's what I'll say it's very competitive
1: but uh, everyone in the cmod class is really really friendly yeah you know they even put a messenger chat up this weekend and tried to you know they reached out to all the c racers over here and said hey why don't we sort of park together? uh i've had you know half a dozen race racers come up to introduce themselves uh to me this weekend and everyone is if you need anything ask if you need any tips i've got lots of time here they'll say uh let me know so i can knock knocking on a couple of trailer doors yeah. <laughs> yeah. for some advice yeah it is
0: awesome yeah. um so i was gonna ask you a little bit more about this um, do you have any other Canadian drivers that you know of that, that come down to some of the same races? Yeah,
1: uh, I have a gentleman here, a friend of mine, Rick Black, who uh, races in mod. He made the uh, the trip down. Uh, Rick, I'll give kudos to him. So he took the, the race school last year that I taught in, and he won Rookie of the Year for uh, BMW Club Racing for North America. Wow. Yeah, so he's doing very, very well. Excellent. So, yeah, so I'm proud of him. and there have been traditionally a lot of very very fast uh drivers out of canada but it's interesting that a lot of them are starting to slow down and and uh not come out uh as much and you're seeing a lot of the young guys come up and you know they have a lot more nerve it's like, <laughs> do. Uh, so uh so you're you're seeing that but it's it's still competitive the um uh, they've been running this Can-Am challenge over the years.
0: Yeah, I want to know a little bit more about yeah. that.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Last year, I participated in it. That was really the first time I had heard about it, and I did participate in it. And what they do is they, they pick two races, the Mossport race and the Watkins Glen race, and they looked at the classes where there was both um, Canadians and Americans in the class, and it kind of roughly tried to match people up from a, a speed they did look at some lap times and stuff and they put uh competition together within the various classes and there's there's quite a few of them and it it was a lot of fun so the canadians we really rallied uh together and uh i believe we had the points lead after the moss sport race and for me that was a lot of fun you know in the feature race it was all canadians on the podium rick who i mentioned he was in second uh Another friend of ours was in first place. They are both B-Mod cars, and I was in third in a C-Mod car. Again, I'll stress that a lot of the fast American guys are not there. Um, but, you know, I hold my own within, you know, the C-Mod guys in Canada. There's a couple guys that are really quick if they're out, you know. Uh, they're really fast. So, yeah, so we felt really good. It was close, but we felt really good uh, coming into Watkins Glen. And we honestly uh we were pressing in the points and we thought it looked really really good and the canadians were going to take the trophy and at the end of the day we didn't get it so we are really disappointed
0: yeah and that was year one yeah so yeah yeah i got to i got to see the trophy i got some pictures on it Uh, so we'll see and he goes up on the 2020 great flag for the same two races
1: uh yeah and there has been talk about maybe adding another race as well. I'm not sure if they've agreed to to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be it's, it's good because you know the border can be a barrier for some for some people. More, uh, we're always as a club trying to promote the U.S. racers to come up to Canada, and you know it can be a little bit of an unknown. What questions are they going to ask you? Uh, but the club does a great job of laying it all out. Here's what you need we'll prepare an invitation letter for you that you have at the border if you get asked, uh, and so on. And I've got to admit, I've I've been traveling into the U.S. to do events for many years, and I've never had an issue. Um, you know, you just have the registration for your car, you tell them where you're going, you're coming and going, and, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been an issue. So we're trying to break down that barrier, saying it's not really that big of a deal yeah. uh, to cross the border, go back and forth, and... You know, for a lot of people, Mossport's a bucket list track as well. Like all these tracks that used to be Formula One tracks like Mossport and Watkins Glen and and stuff, they're, they just have a feel to them. They're they're fun once you master them, but can be intimidating.
0: How long is Mossport?
1: Uh, It's not that long of a track from a Miles uh, perspective. um, I'm uncertain. I mean, I know here just from looking at it, we're about three and a quarter uh miles for the track but if you look at lap times so the cmod guys are running you know two minutes and just over here mm-hmm. a lap watkins land same thing around two minutes and mossport were running sub 130. Okay. so it's a shorter track i believe it's the fastest average speed track in north america when uh imsa races there it's a 10 turn track and for the pros, there's three break
0: zones. <laughs> that's
1: it. So for them, it takes a lot of nerve. You know, these older tracks too, they're not really forgiving. Yeah. And so there's a lot of concrete walls, white sign, a lot of that blue iron that's that's everywhere. Yeah. You know, so. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, I bet you get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, I bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
0: $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, tell me a little bit about you know, speaking about walls and things like that. So, uh any any races that were ones you just you would like to forget about? Well,
1: th- this weekend is, <laughs>
0: is the top of mind.
1: Yeah. So my first time here, and of course it's my first uh, weekend racing in the rain. Yeah. And so I've got rain tires and I've been out, but it's I, I've done the driver education in the wet and stuff. But when you're racing and there are people behind you, you feel the pressure and things like that. I find it's been, you know, it's very slippery. I've, I've had more spins. I've been off the track twice, like nothing big damage wise. I've done more spinning and going off the track this weekend than the last 10 years <laughs> in total. I might like probably eight or 10 years. I'd never been off the track, oh my gosh. you know, ever. And then, <laughs> you know, I spun at Wykens Glen once, did some coolant. That was my first time. And and things but here it's uh it's a technical track um it's a really fun track uh you know it takes a little bit of time to learn and then you throw the rain in like for example the last race it was totally in between some guys went out on rain tires some guys went out on slicks i went out on slicks um and it was really slippery to start the guys on reins took off but by the end it was starting to dry out and the guys on slicks were passing the guys on rain yeah. so and the general consensus was my friends i talked to on, wow was that ever slippery we were all on on slicks so uh being my first time here and kind of you know i just moved out of rookie status into competition status so i was probably driving too defensive to to do well you know i was driving a little more to Preserve the car than to, well, to win a race. But, but that's where I'm at right yeah, now, winning the track. You know?
0: You just said about something not off. uh You said you moved out of rookie status. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: So, when you first get your uh racing license with BMW, you have to do a minimum of four events uh to get your full competition license. And it took me three years to do it because the border was closed and the year was. You know, the one year was canceled, I didn't race at all. Yeah. So uh, last it was last year I got through, uh, I think I did my fourth, fifth races last year. So when I renewed my license, I got my full competition license. So I no longer have the sticker on the back yeah. of the car that does being a rookie. But <laughs> today, I'm not going to lie. I think I should have had it. <laughs> rookie for the track.
0: Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I I've, I've never put it on here. Um, I race in the SCCA, and uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I want to get here. This year, I, I put on a pause to do the podcast. Right. So, uh, But it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm getting to see some of these tracks before actually getting them on, right. getting on the track. And I'll, I'll know a little something, although it'd be great to have like a simulator or something like that.
1: I, I think that would be very helpful because a lot of people say, watch videos, watch videos. But I did. And when you come out on this track, you don't get an appreciation of the elevation chain and you you don't get an appreciation for how going over some hills it's kind of blind like you're coming up on a hill and i know it goes left but how tight is the turn you're trying to remember it yeah so you know you drive a little cautiously when you're learning the track and moss the same thing people say that you know there's the infamous turn two and you come up over the hill and it's like you exit the turn at over 100 miles an hour it's downhill sweeping left-hander double apex and you know you pull a lot of g's and so the first <laughs> time people get there they're... everyone's like mo turn two yeah you know, turn two and turn four so, yep yeah
0: well what about any uh really good memories uh probably something that you'll remember for a long time any races
1: yeah you know that that first race weekend was great because uh there's another uh lady that i raced against and um i have a car that's built by raven and there's a bunch of raven cars in canada john dimoff uh owned uh, raven motorsports and first of all he retired last year and he closed the shop but um sandra was her name and she got her car prepped and she had been a couple of years she she hadn't races raced she broke her leg and things so she was all excited to go out it was my first race weekend and we were nose to tail for every single race and i passed her once and was only because she made a mistake and whoever was you know out front the other one like the pressure <laughs> you know being nose to tail, and we both did fi- our personal bests from pushing each other and it was just a lot of fun yeah you know after the race we were laughing about it and everyone was you know congratulating her on fastest lap times and and I was really happy with how well I did for my first weekend and, and things like that. So it really was uh, a lot of fun. So it really goes back to that camaraderie, right, yeah. and of everyone. Everyone is helpful. I've had car issues. I broke a, a motor mount on, I think, the second race I did at Mossport. There's guys, I've got a spare one, and one of the guys that owns a shop, we were in the paddock jacking the engine up, the car up, and we changed them. The engine mounts in my car in the paddock you know that would have ended my weekend one guy had the parts and the other guy helped me put them in that he knew what he was doing and they're just everyone's like that
0: so what so this this it sounds like this is what one of those things that kind of keeps you engaged what would you say is the biggest draw for you that what you want to keep doing this what is it for you so
1: i mean probably first and foremost i'm competitive by nature so You know, I I do like the speed. Uh, My other uh, passionate sport is skiing. And, you know, it's like skiing in the trees, heaps, and skiing fast. And um, probably the the thing for me with my personality type, uh, people ask, you know, why do you like the skiing? Why do you like the racing? To a degree, they're somewhat solitary because you're totally in control of driving the car. When you're skiing, you're totally you know, in control. It's not really a team sport. And I guess that just appeals to my general nature. So there's that aspect of it. I like being competitive. And just over the years, the friends that I've made, you know, starting with DE and some have stayed with that, some have drifted away and others of us have moved over and in, into racing. And then I've met a whole new group of friends on both sides of the border. So I really enjoy that.
0: Well, the, the the podcast is called "Driven to Compete," so yeah. very, very appropriate that competition is important to you. Yeah, I, I I know that I'm the same way, um, but I can't deny that um, it's a community of people that I've really enjoyed, and it's easy to be friends with. And they're always going to say goodbye. They're always going to shake your hand. They're always there to help you out if you ask them a question. They're going to give you an answer or not not ghost you and stuff like that it's just right um if i think about the groups of people that have been that that have been and will be there right it's, it's the racing community yeah not, what would your advice be for somebody who's just wanting to start so that has if you have no
1: high performance driving uh experience i would highly recommend uh joining the bmw club the nice thing about bmw is they don't limit you to the type of car that you can bring you don't have to have a bmw uh to attend bmw uh driving schools uh i don't know you know and i'm we're really proud of the trillium chapter which is the canadian chapter i think they've been at the forefront of uh developing curriculums and so on for the broader uh bmw uh car club as well and it's just it's an exceptional program uh, to learn uh, through because of the classroom elements, the instructor element, and the skid pad. And I think it uh, develops a really good uh, driver with great self-awareness, and you'll make a lot of friends along the way. And like I said, it is important that you bring different cars. is part of the Porsche Club. Uh, you know, they're so busy now. They're very successful. So they say, single marquee only, you know, I I could bring my BMW because I'm a national instructor, but if you just wanted to go there, if you don't have a Porsche, you know, you can't do that. Um, One of the interesting things, one of the uh, very accomplished racers in BMW, uh, Peter Carroll is his name, I know, in CMOT, he's won national championships in the past, and he was a chief instructor in BMW, and I know today he's a chief instructor with the Porsche Club, and he's trying to bring uh, more of the instructor training and classroom training for the drivers uh, over to the Porsche Club. I guess that would be the other thing I would say too. The rigor that they put in the BMW Club puts into training instructors is uh, very impressive as well. So the quality of the program is is awesome. So I would start there. Um, I know in Canada we have if you have young drivers, mm-hmm. uh, they do a young driver. Um, sort of car control, skid pad type of program twice a year where instructors go out and, uh, and uh, help and do that. The BMW Club have some, you know, ride-alongs or introduction to driver education events. Uh, everyone's welcome to come to the track so all the family comes sometime for the weekends and do those sorts of things. So I, I would start there and, you know, progress through the high-performance driving uh program
0: got it and now just want to distinguish the difference there's a high performance driving education stuff that people can do get started in they can bring their own car to start with if they want to with bmw um but then there's the like the training that just happened the last two days here where they're they're you're in a class to get your competition license right right? and that's right it is
1: And generally, uh, I know in Trillium Chapter, of course, you have to be an advanced solo driver and you have to have the chief instructor sign off for you to attend uh, the school as well. So it's not just anyone can take it. And I guess this is another thing I would say when I talk about high performance driving schools like the BMW school, very different than like an open lapping day that people just go on the track and and they drive i've instructed some people you know uh before an instruction weekend i will send an email to my student they connect us and there's a whole actual program that they have a driver evaluation program students can evaluate the instructor you evaluate and we have a slip scale system with skill sets that they have to go through so it's very specific you're talking to people about the skill deficiencies Usually someone might be more advanced to where that in some skills and lagging behind, but everyone has to get, every skill set has to be to that minimum standard to, to advance. And so I'll ask them, you know, tell me about what you're driving. Uh, how, uh, have you done any modifications to it? You know, have you changed your brake fluid, a couple things like that. And tell me about what types and the number of track events that you've done. And what are your goals for the weekend? And, you know, I will get some people, oh, I've done like, you know, 20, 25 track events, which is good because that's one of the criteria Mm -hmm. to advance. And then when they get there and you talk to them, they've done open lapping days and they haven't, they've had very minimal instruction. And so they have a lot of bad habits. Yeah. Sometimes an ego that you have to deal with, you know, because say slow is fast, Yeah, uh, right? Or smooth is fast. Not slow is fast, smooth is fast and so you have to slow them down to get smooth and then they will ultimately be faster But sometimes it's about getting them to slow down a bit
0: (laughs) well i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me terry it's a pleasure been a pleasure so is there anybody you'd like to you know recognize or call out that um you know other people should actually know about after watching this
1: yeah i would give kudos to sean mckenzie i mean he's such a great ambassador for bmw club Racing. He's always so enthusiastic, takes a personal interest in all of the racers. Uh, the first time I met him was my first race weekend at Mossport. He wasn't racing then. Uh he had an official status with BMW and he's just done so much for the group. And I know his mandate was to up the number of racers in the uh in within the ranks. I think he's been very successful with that. And he's just such a help. He's such a great guy. And He's always waving the flag for BMW Cub Racing, so kudos to him.
0: That's I, I I, appreciate that. We'll make sure we share this. Okay. I want to thank you for listening or watching Try to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise, I'll personally respond to every comment, every question, and every request. If you want to connect, start with our website, DrivenToCompete.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Whether you reach out or not, please like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go kick some ass.